Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey everybody, it's me. (laughs) How are you today? I, you know, before starting this podcast today, I was hoping to have researched a little bit more from some of the scriptures that I'm going to share with you today. Um, There's one in the Old Testament, but I decided I'm just going to go for it anyway, because guess what? I'm not a scriptorium. I'm not a Bible scholar. I just know what I know, and I'm going to share with you straight from the cuff. I was going to go research and find out more about uh, Samuel, and then I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to keep it real with who I am. (laughs) So... Today we are going to use a little bit more scriptures, and I hope that you faithful people out there will be inspired by this, because I was certainly inspired by this. I cannot take full credit for this. My seminary teacher, long, 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 long time ago, I won't tell you how long, gave this lesson, well, what I remember from it my first year of institute. So it actually was the summer before I started college. So I had just graduated high school. And I still remember going to these summer institute classes. And the first time we walk in, I'm with my friend Missy and our other friend Elise. And in walks, I'm telling you, the cutest guy I had ever seen. Like, cuter than TV people. Okay? (laughs) And like... He came in and he knew Elise somehow. And Elise is like the shyest person ever. And they started talking. And me and Missy just look at each other like, what the? Our like jaws were dropped. And we're like, is this college? Like, is this what college is like? Anyway, it was just kind of a funny story that we were like, oh my gosh, who was that? And he like went and sat down and we looked at Elise like, who was that? I still remember who it is, but I'm not going to share who it is because I don't want to be too embarrassed. But anyway, fun little story. So Brother Dunford was my seminary teacher, and he was the one who shared this little tidbit with us. And so I've kind of spun it into my own thing, but it always stuck with me, and I just had to share it with you today. So... He started by saying, in the English language, there are words that empower a sentence, that just infuse it with this power. And then there are also words that take away from the power of a sentence. And those words are called weasel words. So we have the power words and we have the weasel words of what we're going to talk about today. So to illustrate an example of the weasel word, he starts in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament, chapter 15. And a little bit about what's going on here, you can see in the chapter heading, is that Samuel, who is the prophet, received instructions from the Lord to tell Saul to totally destroy the Amalekites and all that they have, okay? Don't leave anything to spare. Destroy them. And so what happened was 
Saul went and he captured the king Agag, Agog, Agag. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, people, so you can tell me all about it. And then he, he destroyed the Amalekites. But what happened was they kept their best oxen and lambs, um, the sheep. They called them fatlings. And they used those, the people wanted to keep those to sacrifice for the Lord. And so the Lord comes to Samuel again and is like, um, I'm not sure he can be king anymore. He didn't listen. He didn't obey. And Samuel was so sad about it. He cried unto the Lord all night. So he had to go tell Saul that sorry, you're released from your post or whatever. You didn't listen. It's kind of a big deal to have to tell him. So he's telling him, hey, you didn't obey the Lord what he told you to do. So I want to read to you his excuse. In lies the weasel words, and you will find, as I illustrate other excuses, that those weasel words are in the middle of excuses. So he replied to Samuel. So this is Saul saying, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. This is in verse 20. And have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. So did you hear the weasel word in there? So he was in verse 20, saying, I've obeyed, I've done all these things. And then what took the power out? But, but, the people took of this, the people, you know, influenced me to decide to sacrifice these things. And then in verse 22, Samuel just bluntly says, to obey is better than sacrifice. So sometimes there's these good things in life, but we don't fully obey, or we have something we need to do, but other voices keep us from doing it, or whatever it is, right? I want you guys for a second to think about some excuses that you may use, and I will share with you what mine are. And so some that this little but <laughs> could work with, Maybe in our teenagers, you know, I'm waiting till I'm 16 to date. Um, I know that's what I should do, but I'll turn 16 soon and he's so cute. Gotta go on the date. Or um, for my divorced people out there, I need to have better communication with my ex for my kids' sake. But I just can't stand him. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to exert the effort, Right? For me, my butts seem to follow, I'm too tired. <laughs> right now, I've got this little newborn baby. Baby, he's actually doing really well. But I still feel, ah, oh my gosh, I just caught myself in an excuse right there, my weasel word. But I still feel tired, right? So it's these big butts, these big butts walking around that weigh us down. And they're like the big excuse meter. So I want you to start recognizing. Um, here's a couple of more that I do. So I want a, to have a better relationship with God, but I'm too tired. 
at night to fully have a great prayer and to read the scriptures like I'm supposed to, or I want to have a great relationship with my husband, but I'm too tired. Oh, yikes. I just caught me again. Or, but there's not enough time. That can be one for people. Man, even saying all these things is like lowering my overall mood. They're depressing, right? Like think, thinking about these excuses, thinking about the buts in our life that keep us from doing those powerful things. All right, so I'm done with the depressing stuff. I'm done with those big butts. Let's move to the uplifting part. Okay, so these are words that empower a statement. And I'm sure there's more words than just but and this other word I'm going to present to you. I'm just doing two. I am sure that you can now, once you listen to this, can go around and think, what are other weasel words that I'm saying? What are other power words that I can say? So I'm going to move to the Book of Mormon in 1 Nephi chapter 4. Many members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are familiar with the beginning of the Book of Mormon because we always start the Book of Mormon and sometimes we don't finish it. But it's the story of Nephi. As we know, he was commanded of the Lord to go back and retrieve the plates from Laban. There is a scripture... 1 Nephi chapter 4, verse 6, very simple that I like. It says, And I was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. So this is Nephi. Ah, I don't know where I'm really supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Then here's the power word in verse 7. Nevertheless, I went forth. All right, and it proceeds to tell you about how he went to the house of Laban. But I love how simple it is. He didn't know what he was supposed to do. Nevertheless, he went forth. So now, let's turn our excuses into reasons why we want to do something by using the power word. All right? So, let's flip the statement around. I am too tired. Nevertheless, I will do this or that to have a great relationship with my husband. I cannot stand my ex. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'll do this for my kids. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> or this is super, super expensive and it will take all this work. Nevertheless, it will be worth it for my future to go back to school, or it will be worth it for my child who needs therapy, or it will be worth it. Nevertheless, it's worth it. Things are hard. I'm a single mom. I feel like I can't do all this. Nevertheless, I will do it because I know the Savior can and will push me and be there for me. Okay, I want to go to... Another example of nevertheless, which is so beautiful. It's back to the Bible, and it is Luke 22, verse 42. In this scripture, it's talking about the Savior as he is being taken and taken to Pilate. I mean, this is right before the crucifixion. 
he is saying in verse 42, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. What does that mean? Was there an instance when the Savior did not want to do all of this? Knowing the pain, the anguish, the unbearable sorrow? Yes. There was a moment when he said, remove this cup from me. But guess what comes next? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Oh gosh, it's so good. And I I also want to turn to Doctrine and Covenants 19. I'm just thinking there's another, and you can hear my scriptures flipping. Sorry if that is weird to your ears, but I don't do scriptures on my device. I have to have the real deal. So this is Christ talking more about his full atonement and the pain that he had to bear. And I just love these, so I'm going to share all of it. It starts in Doctrine and Covenants 19, verse 16. For behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all, that they might not suffer if they would repent. Which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain, and to bleed at every pore, and to suffer both body and spirit, and would that I might not drink the bitter cup and shrink. So there is that statement again. And then verse 19, Nevertheless, glory be to the Father, and I partook and finished my preparations unto the children of men. Oh my gosh, isn't that so great? Honestly, think about it. The other thing I love about this account is he's talking all about you know, the suffering that he has to do. And then when he gets to the power word, nevertheless, glory be to the Father, and I partook and finished. It's like it was so simple. It wasn't this fanfare for him. He could have been like, look at me. Look at what I did. Nevertheless, yeah. Look how great I am at doing this. No, he was just like, nevertheless, I did it because glory be to God. I did it because I'm just going to partake and finish. Like, he just said, and I partook and finished the work. Oh, it's so humble. My gosh. We try to strive to be like him, and he's he's so perfect, and just what a wonderful example. Today, I just kind of wanted to make it about him and following him and knowing that you can too. Have this amazing, nevertheless, type of attitude. This lesson has stuck with me throughout my life during the hard times. Because I know many of you listening have very tough times going on. And yes, no doubt they are tough. No doubt. That's just the circumstances that you're in right now. However, we have one who can help. One who has been there. One who has been more than there, has condescended below all things. One who understands. One who can lift you up and make your burdens be light. I hope today you can think of some things that have been difficult for you. That maybe you have been procrastinating. Maybe you, it's not so much a procrastination. It's just that they're really difficult and you're doing them, but you're doing them in the motions. 
I hope today you can be infused by the Spirit, that you can seriously be take that nevertheless, I will do it, and that you will drop those big butts <laughs> from your mind, from your conversation, that we can start noticing it, okay? That's the first step, and then do it. It's like, now that we have this nevertheless, you can do anything. And we know one of my favorite scriptures that, that we can do anything through Christ who strengthens us. Nothing's impossible with him. So just do it. Nike, right? Anything you can do. Nevertheless, yes, it's hard. It's, we don't have time. We don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have whatever. Nevertheless, you can do it. So I pray that you can do that today, you guys. I know I'm probably beating a dead horse now, but I just love the dichotomy. I love how we can just switch the sentence in our brains uh, by flipping it around and using that nevertheless word. All right, well, I am here for you. If you feel like you're stuck, if you want more, if you want personal coaching, thinking about it, as an alternative. Maybe you've been in therapy for like 10 years and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. You know, <laughs> maybe that's a sign that you should try something different. I am a coach like a sports coach. I will push you. I will make you think differently. And I want to help so badly. And I believe in myself and my skills to create a shift and a change. Email me, coachemilysanchez at gmail.com. Okay, people, make it a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.